with us. And I'm glad you're here. I'm glad the Lord is here. We did have a great prayer meeting last night. And it was a great way to bring an old year to an end and prepare for a new one to come. And I'm praying that God will help us even this morning. Matthew chapter 9, reading verse number 16 and 17. And Jesus speaking said, No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine in new bottles, and both are preserved. And everybody said, Amen. I want to use this today as a launching pad and I want to talk to you for a few moments about what kind of new year will this be? What kind of new year will this be? And everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is the first day of the new year, and though there is no real difference between today and yesterday, yet in our minds and in our thoughts, it is a marked period. It is a milestone that has been set up the highway of life. Calendars, we are aware, are man-made and They are made and developed so that they will help us to mark our days and hopefully cherish and appreciate those days. And it may only be in the imagination that there is the closing of one year and the beginning of another. And yet, in fact, it is a forceful truth that this is a new day. And for that, I am thankful this morning. Most of us probably approach a milestone like this with a combination of excitement and a bit of apprehension. There may be a few cynics among us that are not really concerned at all, but most of us, we are excited about what the new might hold, and we're excited about what 2012 may bring to us. I know that there have been a lot of predictions about the year, and I know that there have been a lot of prognostications that have been made that would say that this is going to be the end of it all, and it very well well may be. I, I don't know. But this I do know that it holds great promise and great possibility. We are equally aware of the perils and the dangers and the difficulties that are before us. None of us have our head in the sand this morning and come believing that because this is a new year, Every day is going to be perfect. But as we stand on the brink of this new year, the question that comes to mind is, what will the future hold? And what will this year be? Will it be a good year? Will it be a year that we will look back on and say, yes, that was a great year, or 
Will it be a year of tragedy and sorrow and disappointment? When we look back, we're happy to be able to come to the end of it. A new year to me speaks of new opportunities and new challenges and new privileges. And there is no doubt in all of us there is a feeling that we are ready for a new year. Anybody here that's not ready for a new year? That's what I thought. I think we're all ready for something new. Many of us have grown weary with the old cry of last year. We have been weary of the pressures and the demands and the problems and the mischief and the temptations and all of the evil that it has housed and we are ready to let it go. And last night we buried that old year in a good season of prayer And we said to God, Lord, take us into this new year that is filled with promise and take us into this year with your hand in ours and our hand in yours. And somebody said, Amen. Hallelujah. We lay down and we walk on and we hope that this newborn year will mark a difference. We hope that it will not be worse than the last year. And we certainly are praying that it will be a great deal better. At any rate, it is new. Everybody say new. It is new, and that encourages me. Praise God. Who doesn't like new things? Amen. We all enjoy new things. And because it is new, we are encouraged this morning. And we are... We are so encouraged that without even realizing it, we have attached the word happy to it. And we say to everybody, Happy New Year. Because somewhere in all of us, there is a hope and there is a desire that this year would truly be a happy year, a good year, a prosperous year. But my question and the thing that has troubled me all week and I... I don't want to be negative this morning, but I do want to provoke your thoughts. My question this week that has been going over and over in my mind is this. Will another year make any difference? If God gives us this year and all of its glory and possibility, will it make any difference? When we come to the end, if God tarries this year, 2012, will we look back over it and say, yes, it was the best year of my life. God did these things and God worked these miracles. What difference will it make? And will another year make any difference? My my thought has been captured by the story in Luke of the man who owned the vineyard and he came one day to look at his fig trees and when he came he found one of them that bore no fruit and his response was I want you to cut this tree down I have come these three years and I have not found one thing on this tree and so I want you to cut it down 
And the gardener steps in and he pleads the case of the fig tree. And he said, oh, master, if you'll just give me this year also, I'm going to dig about it. I'm going to dung it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to put more attention into it. And God, when it gets to the end of this year, if there's nothing there, then we will cut it down. But my question is still, will another year? make any difference it will if we respond to the hand of the gardener it will if we allow the work that the gardener desires to do to be done in us if we allow the digging if we allow the 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 turning over of our life if we allow those things to happen then truly it will be a, a year where there is a difference in our life. I think all of us realize this morning that new does not always mean better. There are a lot of people in our world that are running after new things, but new things do not mean that they are better things. In the book of Acts, the Bible speaks of the Athenians. The Bible says of these people that they were people who set about all day, every day, telling and hearing some new thing. But when you look at the Athenians, you realize that though they were filled with new things every day, they were not any better off because of the newness that had come to their life. So what makes the difference? I'm excited this morning, not just because it's a new day, but I'm excited because this day is pregnant with possibility. This day, this year, has great promise to it. And it is that because God made it so. In our text, there is the mention several times in our text, the word new. And that word uh, is a, a, a unique word here in this particular setting because in verse 16 and verse 17, there are actually... Two different Greek words that are used to define new. One of them is neos, and that word new means new in respect to time. And it implies that it belongs to the present moment. It is young. But it also implies a certain immaturity or a certain lack of development. On the other hand, the word kanos is used and it also means new, but it means new in respect of being renewed. It speaks in uh, newness in respect to quality, contrasting the old and the, uh, and the, the present. It implies that what is now being done is better than the old, that is superior in value and it is superior in attraction. The word new speaks of that which is new in nature and it is different from the usual. My question this morning is what kind of new year will it be for us? Will it be a new year of novelty? Will it be a year when we continue to operate in the immaturity or the undeveloped character that has often marked our past? 
Or will this year truly be a year of better things? Will this year be a year when our lives are elevated to a new height? And we are drawn to a new walk with God. Will this be a year when things are renewed within us? Our mind is renewed. Our heart is renewed. Our spirit is renewed. Will it be better than the old? My question again to you is what kind of new year will it be for us? Old wine skins that are referenced here are skins that have lost their strength and elasticity. And so they cannot withstand the pressure of new wine that is still fermenting. But an old wine skin can be restored to service and its usefulness if it is put under certain condition. And so our text reminds us that it's not good enough just to have something new something fresh, something that wasn't yesterday but is today. But what we need is something that is not only new in the, in the sense of being fresh, but it is better than what was before. But it is better than what we had yesterday. And the work of God that is assured here is that God is a God who can produce that in our lives. Not just something that is a novelty or a moment uh, or something that happened in a moment of time but something that works on us every day, something that goes with us everywhere we go, something that wakes us up in the morning and reminds us you're on a different path now. You're being renewed in your mind. You're being renewed in your spirit. And it implies a superiority of life. My question to you this morning is what kind of life do you want in 2012? What kind of year, what kind of new year do you want? In order for that new to come, it's going to take some things to happen to all of us for that to come about. What kind of year will it be? For many people, it's just going to be another year of novelty. It'll be another year of entertaining themselves and waste. But for somebody here this morning, it's going to be a year of growth. For somebody, it's going to be a year of development. Because you are going to decide this morning what kind of new you want this year. Do you want something that's temporary? Do you want something that's just fresh in the sense that it wasn't here yesterday? Or do you want something that gets down inside of you and it continues to change? It continues to work on you. Every day it's doing something new. Every day it's producing something better. Every day it's causing you to rise a little higher. Every day is causing you to want to be better than you were the day before. What kind of new do you want this year? What kind of new do you care to have this year? And what will decide if this is truly a new year? What will decide? There are two things, and I'm not going to be lengthy this morning, but there are two things that I found in this text that spoke to me. Number one, if this is going to be a new year, meaning a better year, a superior year, 
a year that brings God's greatest into my life, then I, number one, must become pliable again. I have to become pliable again. The reason that old wineskins could not hold the new wine is because they had become dry and brittle and they were unmoved and undisturbed and they could not expand with this new wine that has come. And so in order for me to be able to receive the new that God wants to bring into my life, somehow, somewhere in my life, I've got to get back to the place where I am pliable again. I've got to put that wine skin back in the water. I've got to put it back in condition that will cause it to be softened so that it can receive that new work that God wants to do. I have to have my mind reconditioned. I have to have my thoughts refreshed. I have to have my joy restored. I have to have my spirit renewed this morning. Amen. We must be careful that our past experiences don't pollute our present opportunities. And there are a lot of people that are coming into 2012 dragging a lot of garbage from yesterday. And if you're not careful, you're going to drag all that stuff into a new opportunity and you're going to pollute the present moment because you can't let go of something that you need to let go of. What kind of new do you want? Do you just want a novelty? Do you just want something that will entertain you for a little while and then go away? Or do you want something that will last till the end of the year? That will take you through every every trial. It will take you through every test. It will take you through every mountain, every valley, every trouble, every victory. It will bring you out victorious on the other side. Because you put yourself in a place where God could do something with your life. A spirit that is renewed in us. If we are not careful, we will allow our past to destroy our present opportunity. And I think all of us are aware of that. I'm praying this morning that God would wash our mind until our past experiences can be released so that I can receive what God is wanting to do for me right now. Amen. Breaking loose from our history so we can step into our destiny. Some of you just have a history. <laughs> you just have a history of trouble, a history of disturbance. And what you need is a deliverance. And the only way that deliverance is going to come is if you get yourself back in the hands of God where He can mold you and ply you and form you the way that you need to be formed so He can put something new in you. Otherwise, you're going to bust open. Otherwise, you're going to waste everything God puts into your life. If you don't hear what I'm saying this first Sunday morning of the year, you're going to wind up in the middle of 2012 and you're going to look around and wonder, how in the world did I get in this kind of mess that I'm in right now? And everything God's trying to do in my life is wasted because it bursts. It can't hold it. I've got to get back to that place where I am pliable again. Where I am like clay in the potter's hand. And I break loose. Your past can mess up your future if you don't let it go. Amen. This is a new day. It is a new day. 
and this is this, and that was that, and you have to know how to separate the two. Did you hear what I just said? This is a new day, and this is this, and that was that, and you have to learn how to separate the two. We learn from our past, but you do not live in your past. And don't drag all of the mistakes and the failures of your past into this new year. Leave them alone. Let them die. Let them go. So you can step into an opportunity that God has presented all of us. This could be the greatest year of our life. It can be the most productive year that we've ever had. We can be the most fruitful for God. We can do the most for God. We can be the most powerful we want to be. We can have the whole Holy Ghost, we can have that demonstration of God's Spirit if we are willing to become pliable again. Many of us are in a new place this morning in a new situation and we're still trying to do things the old way. You cannot make a great and a good decision when you are guided by your emotions, but worse than that, it is lunacy to think that you can keep doing the same old thing and get different results. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, we shoot ourselves in the foot and then we wonder why our foot hurts. Do you hear me? You can't keep doing the thing that you've been doing and get a different result. You got to change. You gotta make adjustments. You gotta get back in the hands of the potter. You gotta get back on the wheel. You gotta let his hand come back on your life and say, God, I'm not right where I need to be right now. I'm not what I ought to be. I know I can be better than this. I know you've got a better me somewhere. And I just want to put myself in a place where you can produce that in my life and you can bring that about in my spiritual experience. Is there anybody here that wants a better year this year than you've ever had in your life? Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you how to do it. That wasn't the really most enthusiastic applause I've heard, but I'll take it for the first day of the year. But you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to climb back up on the potter's wheel and say, you know what? God, I've just, I've been too rigid. I've been too hard. I've been too unmovable. I've been too, I, I, my spirit, I've, I've allowed myself to become hardened. I, I can't be touched like I need to be touched. And get ourselves back on the wheel and let Him saturate us in the water of the Holy Ghost. Let Him put us down under for a while until that skin starts to soften up so that we can receive that new work that He wants to do. Hallelujah. Get back on the potter's wheel and let him do his work. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Amen. People keep acting the same old way and get the same results and they can't understand why. Doesn't make sense to me. Amen. The second thing, and I'm going to close. Don't settle for a patch job this year. You know, I get so tired of trying to Help people get above their problems and their misery and all they really want is a patch job. They just want a momentary fix. They just want this headache to go away and they don't want to deal with what's causing the headache. They don't want to go deep enough to really fix the root of the problem. 
And I'm challenging you this year. Don't settle for a patch job. Get back on the wheel. Get back in the hands of the master. Put yourself back at his disposal. And let him begin to work on you again. And say, God, I don't want a patch job. Because a patch job isn't going to work. It's just going to tear. And you know what the Bible said? It's going to be worse off then than it is now. So if all I do is go around patching things in my life, the end result is always worse than what it is right now. God, patch. No, we don't want a patch. We want a renewing. I, I, I want you to do a work in the Holy Ghost in my life so that my mind, so that I, I really do begin to think differently. So that I really do start using a different vocabulary. That I really do start talking differently. That it's not just something that I think, but it's something that actually comes out of me. That instead of me being the, what, what I was or how I was or responding the way that I did, that out of my mouth would come praise and faith and worship and words of adoration rather than complaint and all of the other stuff that goes with it. God. God, let there be a renewing. Don't settle for a patch job. Don't settle for a temporary fix. Get on the wheel and stay on it until he does the complete work. And you'll like the end result. You'll like what happens. You'll love the finished product. Grow and keep growing. And for that to happen, there has to be a transformation. There has to be a willingness to go through this metamorphosis. We have to be willing to go through the struggles and all of the pain of that rebirth. But it can happen and it ought to happen and it should happen in 2012. And so my question to you again this morning is, will another another year make any difference? Will this year, if God gives you this year, will it be any different than what the past has been? It can be. And it will be. If you respond to the work of the gardener. If you allow yourself to be put back on the wheel and say, God, there's some things in me that need to be worked over. There's some things in me that need to be fixed. There's some things in my life that need to be corrected. There's some hardness in me that I don't like. There's some, there's some meanness in me that I don't like. And God, I want you to help me. I want to get in that place where you can do a work, a new work in me. And I can receive that work and not let it be wasted. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand together. What kind of new year will it be?